exploring the mysteries of life and the cosmos with an overwhelming desire to uncover buried truth, discovering whether or not human beings purposefully manipulated the world or something more spiritual has happened or is happening. Researching a wide range of topics such as conspiracies, religion, spirituality, science, health, and history, Apple of Perception delves into the beyond, where nothing is off-limits. This is Apple of Perception Podcast. If the world is an enigma, then everyone is either telling their own truths and or we're all pathological liars. Because everything is consciousness, choice dictates reality, and the truth is within. Welcome back to Apple of Perception Podcast. I'm Joseph Edward Renee. We're going to be getting into the final chapter of part one here about the weird. And I'm going to follow it up with a little explanation, try to summarize it a little before we get into the more uh, spiritual half of the book, which is titled Ragnarok. Anyway, Apple of Perception by J. E. Vinay, part one, chapter six, Faith. Science formulates a hypothesis as factual, based on current knowledge and understanding, even when there is no actual evidence to prove or disprove something, or even when common sense tells them otherwise. The harm in doing this is that when someone does prove to the contrary, science would rather stick to its original statement in fear of discrediting someone. Science is about knowing the truth and should not worry about changing its mind when fresh facts are later discovered, because this is not a failing. It's part of the learning process as we all try to evolve. Just because science cannot understand something or it contradicts current knowledge, it doesn't make it untrue or should even be ignored. As much as they would like to at times, scientists today worry more about upsetting someone's opinion rather than discovering an understanding of the truth. This is partially because science today has prostituted itself to either a governmental, military, or commercial proprietor. Sadly, therefore, science has to do what it's told and not what it should be doing. The foundation for all matter, dark matter, and whatever other names are given to all that we can see and not see come from an unseen yet very familiar origin. We have yet to witness or measure in all our known sciences a true cause to any effect because all causes must originate from this unseen source. This unseen and familiar source being the origin of all matter and dark matter, all that which is seen and unseen, may just as well be a divine source. A source all mankind has been driven to find throughout all of history. So there is no reason it should not be applied to science and the quantum theories of today. To find God has always been our goal. Whether you want to call it God or by a different name, it doesn't matter. What everyone is obsessed with finding, at least until they find it, is what controls the things that control them. In order to understand this concept, one must fathom the limits we have in our perception of light, sound, and all that is. All that we witness are but signs. These effects we recognize with our awareness are only a small portion we call matter. 
For example, we have measured many frequencies of the invisible wave that range from the measure of sound to the measure of gamma rays. However, we only measure the signs and not the actual unseen source that manipulates these things we call particles, waves, and various other names we've given to the many signs we can only witness with our limits of perception. And that the true underlying source of these signs resonate on a scale of density relative to what we call frequency, are invisible and give rise to the many things we witness. From the tiniest observed particles under the microscope to the grandest globules seen through a telescope, these signs give witness to the unseen source that is the foundation of all that is. Knowing that the source of origin for all matter and dark matter is invisible, it gives great emphasis against the necessity to be searching for ever smaller particles. This unwarranted popularity of searching for ever small, smaller particles seems to be the most intriguing field of research in physics today. The hunt for the Higgs particle, or God particle, or whatever other theories are out there that all found themselves on observable particles in order to construct their various guidelines seems to me like a chase of a white rabbit or a red herring and a path in the wrong direction. We know that dark and invisible matter exists, so it is time for science today to start accepting the invisible foundation of reality. We have to accept the unknown and not discredit it because of its intangibility. Although it is not impossible that there are smaller particles defined, there should be endless, and they will only attribute to the larger in terms of their signage. A substance can be defined by the dance of its molecules and elements in relation to all other substances known, and their own molecules, elements, and particles within. But all we witness is this dance. We see this light, which is measurable, and we document it in comparison to all other lights and their particular dances. The term light used here refers to all measurable forms one can encounter, a field, force, particle, or what have you. We do not have an underlying source of origin and will never be able to measure it directly. So therefore we do not yet have documented evidence of one single experiment that showed us a true cause. All we have are documented effects in relation to one another. If we begin to understand this, it would greatly narrow our search for a single, well-established, unified field theory. One has to get spiritual to find the only true cause. Effects just spark other effects. Sentience is the only thing that is any different from that. The true cause is sentient manipulation. Either that, or like events in nature, what we witness is just a small piece of a mousetrap that got set off a while ago by someone sentient and we just didn't realize it. Being sentient, it is easy to forget that the I am is in each and every one of us. And again, one has to, to, to determine whether or not there is choice or everything is predestined. If everything is predestined, then there was only ever one cause. That would be similar to ideas such as the Big Bang 
or a creator god snapping his hands, or throwing up diced carrots like the African creator god Bumba. But we know that there is choice. Therefore, every cause generates from every decision. The cause literally takes place the moment of the conscious choice. The true cause is not the isolated effect being manipulated or not, but the will that made the decision of putting the entire experiment into motion in the first place. All of these concepts should lead us to believe that consciousness comes first, or at least has the most influence over the visible world we exist within, and maybe the entirety of the universe. Consciousness emits thought that resonates or conjugates. Its potential energy is not visible, and it exists first and foremost. It has been found that light has both the properties of a particle and a wave that this is because light, like sound, is invisible until it resonates or conjugates and gives rise to visible particles. It must therefore consist of the same chutzpah of what most have called aether. This theory has been entertained before, and this charge of energy that begets all things has been called many things, one being plasma, another called etheric wind, and yet another called spirit. Could it be that the attributes described in our Bible surrounding the Holy Spirit could actually define what scientists now are calling dark matter? Before the theory of relativity proposed by Einstein, the scientific communities of the world struggled to prove the existence of the Aether. The concept was held in high regard, and much was done to prove its existence. Inevitably, the ignorant world community discarded the Aether concept entirely. On his deathbed, Einstein admitted its existence, and that he was wrong. And that wraps it up for Part 1, Chapter 6, Faith. Part 1, remember, is all about the weird, W-Y-R-D. That has to do with the Norse mythological interpretation of the Aether where the Norn sisters of past, present, and future work in all of man's deeds to form the tapestry of fate, the tapestry of which is the Aether itself, and is all things. One little metaphor that I came up with to help try to explain it a bit better is the allegory of ripples in a pond. Imagine the two-dimensional surface of water. Now imagine several stones or pebbles are tossed at random locations into the water. The stones and pebbles are not part of this metaphor, just the points in which the ripples start to come out from. Now imagine the ripples that are formed on the surface of the water in those random locations. Imagine the points where all these ripples intersect one another and observe these intersections as they progress in time. Now, imagine the ripples themselves are invisible, and all you can observe is the movement of the points of those intersecting ripples. Now map the movement of those rippling points. Just the points. The surface of the water, the ripples themselves, 
are invisible. We're just looking at the intersecting points and how they move through time. This helps us to understand what subatomic particles are and why they move the way that they do in three-dimensional space with this little assisted at, you know, metaphor of the two-dimensional surface of water. Intersection. So that explains why we can account for only less than 5% of the mass that is measurable and we only see you know less than 5% of what exists in the universe and the rest is over 95% is dark matter because all we're seeing is these little tiny bits that are on our perceivable spectrum that interact with us these little intersecting points that's the, probably the shortest little way I could describe that. <laughs> the takeaway from part one can be summarized simply. There is most definitely a spiritual foundation to our physical world. Remember, you can support this program by purchasing a copy of Apple of Perception by J.E. Benet. That's V-E-N-N-E. It is available as of February 2019 on Kindle and paperback through Amazon. Until next time, I am Joseph Edward Benet. Take it easy.